0: Hello and welcome to the Surefooted Podcast. My name is Kenny. I'm your host. I would like to thank you for joining me today. We have a topic that I want to talk about today that's really kind of near and dear to my heart. I don't know how many of you actually know me in real life and how many of you just know me through this, but my wife and I, we have two children and we have a third child on the way. We have a, um, a four-year-old, a one-year-old, And we will have a newborn in July. So three kids, that's kind of a lot of children. You know, probably not to some people, but to us, it's going to be the most we've ever had. So uh, for us, it's a lot. But today, I want to talk to you about children and raising children and, and how we can do that from a biblical standpoint. I remember the day that I became a dad. It was a great day. It was September the 8th, 2014. About 10.30 at night or so, somewhere right around there. That's when my little girl was born. I remember getting to hold her for the first time. I remember the first time she cried. I remember feeding her for the first time in the hospital. I remember all these things about becoming a dad. But the thing that I remember the most, the thing that sticks out in my mind the most, is how terrified I was to be in charge of this teeny tiny little person who couldn't fend for themselves, who depended on me and my wife for everything. It it was kind of a scary proposition, you know, to to go into a situation where you have to take care of this tiny person and and you've never done it before. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know The right way to do things. Every day was an adventure starting out. Every day was something new. I don't think we ever ran into the same situation twice, to tell you the truth. There are a few examples of things that stick out in my mind. Poop with babies is something that I just don't think you ever just get used to dealing with. And she pooped a lot, pretty much all the time. In the bathtub, in the car, uh, pretty much everywhere that you don't want poop to be is where she would poop. But that was, that was one of my first adventures in fatherhood was uh, just learning how to deal with that. But, but getting a little more serious with it, you want to raise your kids to be the best version of themselves that they can be. And you really don't know starting out what the best way to do that is. There's, there's a lot of books out there that tell you how, how people think that children should be raised. Some of them have good advice. Some of them, I probably wouldn't wallpaper an outhouse with. But when you really get down to it, us as Christians, we already have the best instructions available in order to raise our children in the way that God wants them to be raised. Now, from a biblical standpoint, let's look at what children are in in perspective of the way we believe things. Now, children, they're a gift. There's no doubt about that. They're a gift directly from God. He entrusts us with them to be able to raise them, to be able to bring them up in a way that, that he would want us to, I think. If you look at Psalm 127.3, it says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Right there, it tells us that that, that is our heritage from the Lord. children, the children that we bring into this world, that we raise up in the ways of God, that we teach to trust him and to... To rely on him. They're our heritage from the Lord. They're, they're a gift, and they're something that that we shouldn't take lightly. You know, raising kids is is kind of a big deal. You know, you're you're um directly responsible for the way that the way that your children are going to grow up. You're directly responsible for the the people that they're going to be when you're not around to guide them anymore. So as they grow, you have to make those those decisions. You have to you have to mold them. While they're young, as they're growing, so that that when you're not there anymore, they they are able to take care of themselves. They're able to make the decisions that that are good for them and that are pleasing to God. God cares about how our children are raised. I'm I'm firmly a believer in that. And there are a couple of verses that that uh, speak to that. Psalm thirty four eleven. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Proverbs twenty three thirteen and fourteen. Do not withhold discipline from a child if you strike him with a rod he will not die if you strike him with the rod you will save his soul from Sheol. Now Sheol basically in the Hebrew t- tradition is a place of darkness where the dead go and that's the the dead who were righteous and the dead who were not so righteous and it's predominantly referenced in the Old Testament that's just a little little side note to kind of put a little context into into where exactly Sheol is. So God does care about how we raise our children, and he's, he's pretty specific about it. He He wants us to teach them the fear of the Lord, and he, he also wants us to uh, discipline our children. And, you know, a lot of people, especially today, um, for whatever reason, they think discipline is a bad thing, and I don't think it is by any means. There are times in my life when I was growing up when I got disciplined in, in various ways, and I deserved it. You know, sometimes kids do things that that discipline is needed to correct, and it's it's not a bad thing by any means. And we'll get a little bit more into that a little bit later on. These these thoughts and ideas, they go all they're they go all the way back from the old testament and they're pretty consistent throughout all of scripture. When God led the Israelites out of bondage when they were in Egypt and he was leading them to the promised land. He commanded them to teach their children all that he had done for them so they wouldn't forget it. He wanted it to be a tradition passed down from from parents to children and, and just keep that tradition going so that no matter where the Israelites ended up, that they would be, uh, that they would always know what the Lord had done and bringing your children up in, in that is a way to keep that going. Because if you bring them up in that, when they're adults, they will know all the tradition and story that go into it. They'll be able to pass that on to their children. If you look at Deuteronomy, uh, verses, uh, chapter six, verse six and seven, And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Basically, the main thing that that the Lord wanted the Israelites to teach their children was about him and what he had done. He wanted them to talk about it with their children all through the day. He wanted to talk about it when they got up in the morning. He wanted them to talk about it when they were just sitting in their house. He wanted them to talk about it constantly. He wanted the children to be brought up knowing exactly what God had done for their people. And in following suit, if you look at Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 18 and 19, you shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children... Talking of them when you're sitting in your house and when you're walking by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Basically, you know, five chapters after we, we get the initial command to, to teach our children the ways of the Lord, we get the same exact command. If it's that important that God put it in the Bible twice, then I think it's something that we really need to that we really need to take heed to and really need to pay attention to. I don't think that I don't think that he would put it in there twice if it was something he just wanted us to glance over. When you really get down to looking into the Bible about the way that, that we want to raise our kids, looking a little bit deeper into scripture, we, we really start to see some specific instructions on, on how it is that God wants us to raise our children. A great example of this is in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. It says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That's a really good verse that really shows us the way that we should kind of take an approach to discipline or to raising our children. There are a lot of different ways that, that parents could possibly provoke their children to anger. and I do think it's something that we have to be that we have to be careful of. A couple of ways would be setting impossible standards, setting a standard for behavior that, that you know your child is not going to meet. Nobody wants to try to live up to an impossible uh, an impossible standard. I've seen this a couple of times, and it's it's really a lot more prevalent here in the information age, you know, the age of the internet and everything like that. Ridicule or humiliation is a form of punishment. I know we've all seen the videos where the children are standing on the street corner holding up a sign that says, I did such and such and such, this is my punishment, whatever the case may be. You know, I really think we have to be careful of that. Punishment for the sake of punishment or punishment just to ridicule—that that's not gonna—that's not gonna go a long way toward fixing anything. I don't think. I mean, it's gonna breed resentment and you know ill ill will in the children towards the parents. You know, we have to be really careful about using ridicule or humiliation as a form of punishment because it it does provoke the children to anger. Inconsistency in parenting techniques and tactics. This is one that that I have that I have a hard time with actually, you know, sometimes just going throughout the course of the day, let's say Jillian is making a mess with her toys in the living room. A lot of times I will, you know, I'll let her play. And then I will, when it's done, when it's time to move on to a different task, I'll make her pick everything up and tidy up the living room. And you know, we'll go from there. Now at the end of the night, when everybody's tired and she's gotten out a bunch of toys and everybody's getting ready for bed or whatever the case may be, you know, sometimes in that situation, I may not make her pick up her toys because we've got other things going on. And, and frankly, it's, it's easier for me just to pick them up after she goes to bed in that situation, that inconsistency that makes it hard for every time that I ask her to pick up the toys for them to be picked up because I'm not consistent in making her do it every time. So inconsistency in your parenting techniques and tactics, that, that's a you know another thing that can provoke your children to anger that, that the Bible specifically speaks that we shouldn't be doing. Hypocrisy is the last one I'm going to talk about, and it's, it's kind of a big deal. Requiring behavior from our children that we don't require from ourselves. You know, I, I, think, I think every parent runs into this in some form or fashion, and it's just something that we should definitely keep a watch out for. You know, and, and when you tie all these things in together, the setting of possible standards of ridicule um, or humiliation as a form of punishment, inconsistency in parenting techniques and tactics and hypocrisy, all those things are, are traps that we shouldn't fall into when we're trying to raise our kids because those types of behaviors and, and those types of disciplines, they, they aren't going to, they're not going to bring about the, the desired effect that, that the Lord wants us to bring about from our children. Really when we when we're dealing with our kids, we should use the examples that God sets with his nature, you know, as a ruler for how we raise our children. You know, that's gonna be our ultimate measuring stick. The way God the way God is with us should be the way that we are with our children. Now, as a father, God is um he's a couple of different things and we're gonna talk about a, a couple of you know, just a couple of the attributes that God shows that we should that we should pick up on from him and that we should show to our children. As a father, God is slow to anger, number one. And we see that multiple times throughout the Bible. He's slow to anger. There, And looking at the way that, that, that my relationship with God is in my own life, I can personally attest to, to these three things that I'm about to talk to you about. There have been times in my own life when, you know, God should have rained down on me like nobody's business, but he didn't. Because he is slow to anger and he he, he gives us a chance to uh, to realize what we're doing and to you know turn things around from there. But but that's how we should be with our kids. We should be slow to anger. If you look at Numbers 14, verse 8, the Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. So basically, you know, the Lord is slow to anger. But he, he will eventually get angry, is, is what they're saying. So we too should be definitely uh, slow to anger in dealing with our kids. If you look at Psalms 145.8, uh, the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. We see multiple examples of it where the Lord is slow to anger, and that's something that we should definitely strive for as well. As a father, God is patient. God is very, very patient with us. Probably a lot more patient than we deserve a lot of the time. And I'm glad that he is. I'm really glad that he is. And that's something that that we should pick up on. And it's something that we should instill in ourselves when we're dealing with our children. Like I said at the beginning, I don't know how many of you have kids. But if there's one thing that I know for sure is that when your kids get old enough, they will learn what pushes your buttons. And that's what they will do all the time. They'll do it from the time the sun comes up in the morning until the time the sun sets in the evening. And they will push your buttons and push your buttons and push your buttons. And patience is something that you learn really early on when you're dealing with kids. My little girl is four now and almost five. And and she tries my patience on a daily basis. And a lot of times she's just doing it just so she can learn her boundaries, I guess. Um, but it it has definitely given me a lot more patience than I had say in my twenties. Um, now that I'm as old as I am, I definitely I'm definitely better equipped to deal with it because my my patience isn't as thin as it was, you know, earlier in life. But if you look at Psalms eighty six fifteen, but you O Lord are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And that just speaks to God's patience. It does. Uh, the third thing is, as a father, God is forgiving. In Daniel chapter nine, verse nine, to the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, for we have rebelled against Him. Forgiveness is something that we should all keep in mind as parents. It it may not be something that comes up you know, a lot when our children are younger, you know, because they they don't really do. Anything bad enough, I guess, that would that would need our forgiveness for. Now, when your children get older, though, I think it's a, a little bit different situation. You know, speaking from the side of it where I'm the child dealing with my parents, I know that as I got into my teens, my late teens, I did a lot of things that that my parents had to forgive me for. You know what I mean? I did a lot of things that weren't pleasing to them. I did a lot of things that weren't pleasing to the Lord. Uh, and I did a lot of things that, that required forgiveness, unfortunately. And, you know, I think, I think just as people we do in our, um, in our early teens or so we, we do things that may not be the the best idea and our parents find out about them. And, and as parents, they do have to be forgiving or they need to be rather, I'm sure there's some extreme examples where, parents haven't been quite so forgiving and and where children have done things that are probably a lot harder to forgive than things that I did. But, you know, as as a general rule, looking at how God is forgiving, that's something that we should take into account and something that we should practice as well just in dealing with our children. It's something that should always be at the back of our mind that really no matter what your kids do, there's there's nothing that we can't forgive them for. God has all these wonderfully caring attributes. And, and they're, they're good. And, you know, we, we really like to think of the good nature of God, but we have to remember that, you know, sometimes discipline has to come into play as well. And God disciplines us, you know, when, when we do things that, that aren't pleasing to him. Now it may take a, you know, a extended period of time because he is slow to anger. He's patient with us. He gives us ample opportunity to try and, and, i guess self-correct our behavior because he has given us so much instruction on what we should be doing in the first place but eventually discipline does come into play and god expects us to do the same for our children you know god's discipline is designed to bring us to repentance and that should be the goal when we discipline our children discipline for the sake of discipline will never make a difference you have to be able to discipline with the goal of bringing your children into repentance making them understand that the things they did weren't correct and trying to correct that behavior for the future. If you look in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 6-11, through 11, For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, when you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be a subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For that moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Basically, um, when God is disciplined us, he's disciplined us because he loves us. He's, he's disciplining us because, because he sees us as a, as a true son and not an illegitimate child, basically. So that shows us that, that you know, if we do love our children and we do um, want what's best for them, that we do have to discipline them from time to time. And when we do discipline our children, it it should be something that's, that's meant to correct the behavior and to, to make them want to be better in the future. You know, once again, discipline for the sake of discipline, just isn't going to accomplish anything. And when you look at God's discipline again, it's designed to conform us to the image of Christ. So the discipline that we give to our children should also be designed to conform them to the image of Christ. It should be designed to bring them into a little bit you know, bring them into a, a place where they, in the future, they're going to do the things that are pleasing to the Lord as opposed to doing the things that are pleasing to the flesh. Romans eight twenty nine, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be firstborn among many brothers. So when you look at it, all these good things, the, the patience and the kindness and the, um, the slow to anger and the forgiving those are all really good things, and we should strive to do those every day, but we can't forget that discipline has its place, too. And, and you have to be really careful, I guess, in discerning what type of discipline to use. I, I'm, you know, it, it really is a, a situational type thing. You know the the punishment has to fit the crime. You know how the old saying goes. But you always want to make sure that the discipline is is meant to bring correction and to to bring to bring repentance. You you want it to to have an impact in a positive way on the child, as opposed to having an impact in the negative, where it just breeds resentment between the between you and your children. Basically, God gives us this clear instruction manual for raising our kids. It doesn't cover every specific situation, unfortunately. I wish it did. I wish that there was a, a chapter in the Bible that I could turn to that, that covers what to do when when your toddler pours a Kool-Aid jammer on your laptop. I really wish there was a, a, situation, <laughs> a situational index that I could just turn to and see exactly how I should handle that situation, but there's not. Basically, we have a framework that we can operate in and that framework gives us the ability to handle any situation that may come up. I don't think that I don't think that you have to be a perfect parent for your children to turn out okay and for your children to to love the Lord and to to grow into a situation where where they want to do things that are beneficial for the kingdom of God. I don't think you have to be perfect by any stretch of the imagination because if you do, I think all of us would have been doomed from the outset. But I think, you know, your children do have a certain level of grace for you, uh, because you're their parents, you know, and I think we also on the same token have to have a certain level of grace for our children because they, they are our children. We have to understand that, that behavior isn't always going to be perfect. And we have to, we have to operate in the framework that God has already laid out in order for us to, to be good parents in order for us to bring those children up in the way that they uh that the lord wants us to bring them up the bible does give us some assurances on what the end result is going to be if we you know going through these trials and tribulations and missteps and and other um things that that is raising children the end result is that we're going to have children we can be proud of children that will love god and that will make a difference in his kingdom if you look in proverbs I, I, this it seems like this has been a really heavy Proverbs podcast but Proverbs has a lot of good information I guess on raising kids Proverbs twenty three twenty four: the father of the righteous will greatly rejoice he who fathers a wise son will be glad in him so you know you raise up your kids in the way that, that we should and you know you're going to have good adults come out of that process and they're going to be adults that, that we can be glad in be glad that we raised be glad that are doing the things that they're doing to make a difference in the kingdom, you know, doing, doing the work that God wants them to do that he's already laid out for him to do. Also in Proverbs, um, chapter 22, verse six, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, this one I can specifically speak to my mom trained me up in church. She brought me up in church. There wasn't a Sunday that, that we weren't in church. There wasn't a a time when the doors were open that we weren't there, and I was raised in church. I was raised in Sunday school, um, learning the Bible, learning Bible stories, and I'm very, very thankful that that, that, that that happened. You know, I'm very thankful that that's the upbringing that I had. When I got a little older, I tried to go my own way. I did. Um, I tried to make my own decisions that, that I thought were correct. I tried to not really disregard the, the teaching that I had received as I was growing up, but thought that I may know a better way. Uh, so I kind of struck off on my own path. I was out of church for a extended period of time. Uh, you know, really didn't do anything super terrible by any stretch of the imagination, but also at the same time, I wasn't living a life that was pleasing to God. So that went on for an extended period of time. And then after a few years uh, with, might I say, my mom constantly praying for me and keeping me in prayer as I was going out and kind of doing whatever I wanted to, I eventually uh, made the decision to, to come back to church, to get back in the word and, you know, more or less just start living the life that, that God wanted me to live. So it, it did, like I was raised up in the way that I should go and 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 it always stayed in my mind. It always, you know, right at the right, right there, mixed up in all my thoughts, even when I was living a life that wasn't particularly pleasing to God, you know, I knew that that wasn't the way that I, that I was supposed to go. So, you know, my mom, she raised me up in the way that I should go. And, and, you know, I I never really, um, it never left me. And then as I got older, I came back to it. I, I didn't depart from it completely. I, I came back to it and, and now you know, here I am doing this, whatever this is. And, you know, I'm really seeking the Lord, you know, I'm really seeking God, seeking to do the things that he wants me to do. So that one I can speak specifically to my mom. She raised me up the way that, that I should be raised. And and now here I am older and I'm, you know, I'm trying to do what the Lord wants me to do. And, you know, it's a really good thing going through this. Um, has really been an eye opener for me. You know, I don't consider myself a perfect parent by any stretch of the imagination, and I really hadn't, up and you know, up until this point, got into the really the the biblical um, way that we should be raising our kids. And it's it's been a, a kind of an eye opener. You know, it it does make me want to put a conscious effort into to trying to be slow to anger, to trying to be patient and forgiving. You know, because there are sometimes with children when when your patient says just kind of kind of run a little thin and you may have a short fuse and it, it is a little easier to get angry over things that that may not um, make a difference. One of the things that that I've been really trying to consciously do is whenever something happens and the other day I'll give you an example. Jillian had uh, she was eating uh, supper And I just poured her a large glass of milk. She loves to drink milk with supper. So I made her a large glass of milk and she kept playing with the milk. And I told her over and over to not play with the milk, only drink the milk. Don't uh, stick your hands in the cup with the milk. Don't do anything. Just drink the milk and leave it beside your plate when you're not drinking the milk. And that went on for a, a fair few minutes and she kept testing her boundaries and Uh, before you knew it, a whole glass of milk had fallen off the counter onto the floor. Milk and glass went everywhere. And by that point, I was starting to get a little frustrated because I had told her over and over to not not play with the milk, just drink the milk. I had to stop myself because when the glass shattered and the milk went everywhere, I was feeling angry. I was feeling very angry, actually, because that whole situation could have been avoided if she would have just not played with the milk, which is what I was telling her to do in the first place. But I stopped myself before I let my anger spill over and make an already uh, bad situation worse. I just had to remind myself, spilled milk in a broken glass is not worth a broken spirit. I stopped myself. First thing I did was I made her another glass of milk in a plastic cup this time that was a lot smaller. And then I told her it was okay. I said, It's not a big deal. You finish eating your supper. I'm going to get this cleaned up and we'll go from there. It made the situation a lot better. She understood that that she shouldn't have been playing with the milk after the glass got shattered. I think it scared her because she thought that um, I was going to make a bigger deal out of it than I did. And... And I, you know, when, when the, when the smoke cleared and the glass was cleaned up and everything was over with, you know, doing it that way was a lot better than blowing up and and making a big deal over, over a broken glass. You know, when it really comes down to it, 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 it wouldn't have made a difference blowing up about it as opposed to handling it in a calm, in an easy way. Having said all that, being slow to anger, doing all these things, I'm really glad that I got into this. It's, it's really opened up my eyes to the way we should be doing things. And you know, for me, I'm going to make conscious efforts to make this happen on a, on a consistent daily basis with my kids, with the two I have now with the one that's on the way. Yeah. I want them to grow up to be the best people that they possibly can be. And there's not a doubt in my mind that, that raising them in the way that the, the Lord wants us to is going to help facilitate that. All right. That kind of wraps up everything that I had for today. I would like to thank you for joining me again. And I would also like to take this time to remind you that you can check out our website at www.surefootedpodcast.com. You can check us out on Twitter and Instagram. Um, just search the Surefooted Podcast on either one of those platforms that should come up. We also have a Facebook page that you can check out. Um, it's the Surefooted Podcast on Facebook. Be sure to give that a like. You can follow um, you can follow me there, and you know, kind of keep up to date with everything that's going on. I post when new episodes are released. I post um, just you know little things throughout the week, you know, just to kind of stay engaged with everybody, just so that they'll know that I'm still here plugging right along with the stuff. And you can also check out the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or Google Podcast. Pretty much wherever you download your podcast from. You can check us out on whatever platform that is. And really the best idea is to go ahead and subscribe in whatever uh, podcasting app you use. That way new episodes are automatically delivered to your device. You don't have to hunt them down. You don't have to search for them. They'll be delivered automatically right there. Now I've kind of settled on a schedule. I think Friday afternoons at around 2 o'clock are going to be when the new episodes drop every other week. And you can look for them around that time frame. Now, if you want to contact us, you can do that at kenny at com. That's K-E-N-N-Y at surefootedpodcast.com. You can email me there and I will be glad to um, talk to you about whatever you want to talk about. And also, if you have any questions about anything we covered today, you can email me, reach out to me on Facebook or Twitter, whatever the case may be like I say, every, every week, um, I may not have the answers, but I will definitely help you look for them and we can find them together. So once again, thank you for joining me. I hope you have a great day and I will catch you next time.